You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 36. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, son, hey, son! Hey! Hello! Ha-ha! Well, back to normal. Uh, we are all sitting in our homes, <laughs> in front of our computers, mm-hmm. instead of sitting together. Mm-hmm. Yep. In a way, it's it's much easier. It's uh, technically, it's... Uh, technically, it's easier, yeah. Technically. I know, it was very surprising how many many technical problems we encountered when we tried <laughs> to record <laughs> yeah. in the same that's, room. That's part of the learning curve, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh but in in an, in a different way it was it was a unique experience i kind of have the feeling that it added something to the show mm-hmm. um i don't know if our uh, if our listeners agree but uh, uh well good i'm looking forward to qed when we will be all the three of us in in the same room that would be that would be great i uh, will still have to figure out what room that would be mm-hmm. uh and uh with all the all the people running around and finding finding a quiet place yeah. will not be easy. But uh, uh, Andres, Andres, you uh, you wanted to tell us something about QED. Um, yes, yes. You forgot to mention last time. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, thanks for thanks for bringing it up. Um, That's all right. Actually, what happened was that I registered a talk, uh, not for QED, but uh, you know. Before QED, on Friday, there will be a Skepticamp event again. That's um, that's a free event. So even if you don't attend QED itself, uh, you are free to attend the, um, that uh, pre-event event. There will be uh, short talks given uh, in the Ignite format. That means uh, in a, within a 10-minute talk... Uh, and a five-minute Q&A session. Um, within the 10-minute talk, uh, you'll have the slides automatically changing. So it's quite a uh, high-paced um, way of, of uh, putting your thoughts across. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, last year, I, I gave a talk on uh, guerrilla skepticism on Wikipedia. And this year, uh, this year my uh, registration was confirmed for uh, a talk with the title Stronger Together, Building a Bridge for Skeptics Across Europe and Beyond. So it's not going to be only about our work with uh, the podcast, but about the necessity of uh, international collaboration and especially within Europe, um, a a network of uh, organizations to be used to actually get things done. I asked for a late afternoon slot, but um, apparently everyone else did, so I I agreed to to do it early afternoon. So I hope as many of our listeners will be there as possible to hear me out. I will be there sharing for you anyway. Yeah, Absolutely, you. and I'll I'll bring a I'll bring a banner saying Andres go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Good joke. <laughs> Fucking immigrants, just go home. <laughs> I couldn't help. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even if it's going to be only the two of you listening to me, I will be very happy. 
All right, so please come uh, along if if you're around the area at that time. I actually have a uh, a thing. Well, it's not a thing. You know how we sometimes talk about what we did or whatever. I, I don't know how many people care, but um, I went to see Louis C.K. on the week uh, oh, on yeah. Friday, which which is absolutely amazing, and he's an incredible comedian. Get out of here! Uh, and um, there's a particular joke I wanted to mention because I think it's very relevant to our skeptic movement. And um, it was um, a joke that, well, actually, it wasn't initially a joke that his daughter made, but um, it became a joke in his stand-up act. And um, they were watching a, a news segment, and the the, um, the news anchor keep uh, saying the 9-11 deniers, the 9-11 deniers did this and did that and protest and whatever. And um, Louis C.K.'s daughter thought, that 9-11 deniers are people who deny number 11. So, so, and there's nine of them. <laughs> so 9-11 deniers. So they kind of believe in all the numbers but 11. So I thought it was quite quite cool. Anyway. That, is, that is funny. Yeah, you know, that's the familiarity effect. Even as, as as a child, we always do that as 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 children, and even even if as adults, sometimes um, we we match things we hear with with what we know. And why would they think of nine eleven as a date? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just think of them as a be- nine nine really weird people who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. don't believe. That's cool. No, that's, number eleven that's brilliant. is weird. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, shall we start the show? We should. Let's do that. Especially because we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, first of all, let's see what's going on next week across Europe. The, the first thing I'd like to mention for next week is that it's the last week of the Edinburgh Skeptics on the Fringe. Oh, not again. So if... Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it is. <laughs> there will be talks about Scottish psychics how to read a scientific paper, how the environment in the early life shapes who we are, and it will be about uh, uh, forestry plantations, communicating climate science, exploring Svalbard, believe it or not, and on the psychology of video games. So I, for one, really wish I could be in Edinburgh this week. Mm, Yeah. Um, I will quickly go through three events that are, that are happening in England on the 22nd of August. So there'll be a Glasgow Skeptics in the Pub, Why the Scots Die Younger. And the talk will provide an overview of health in Scotland, including the new research outlining reasons for the country's high level of uh, excess mortality. Um, well, I have a, an answer to that question. I mean, deep fried Mars bars. That's all. That's all I'm going to say here. <laughs> Um, I mean, why? You know what I mean? Bloody deep fried Mars bars. I've never heard of that thing before I went to Scotland. Anyways. And there will be a Skeptics in the Pub in Sheffield on the same day uh, with the theme, is our legal system uh, falling into uh, disrepute with Stephen Smith? Um, Stephen... Stephen will look at the problems of legal aid and the impact of crime on society. It's quite a serious talk. Um, and the last talk of the day will, will be happening in York. Um, and the theme will be Marketing Does Not Work On Me with David Frank. Um, and David goes through his favorite marketing techniques, um, psychological tricks. That's an interesting one. So that's in York. 
I wonder, I wonder why that that title is. Mm. I th I think maybe because if you're aware of the marketing techniques, which I am, and I'm sure you guys are as well, when you watch commercials, you go, "Yep, that's wrong. That's logical fallacy. That's." Doesn't make yeah, but you know, I'm pretty sure that the reason why he chose that title is because it's really not like that. So we we do believe that oh, yeah, we are not yeah, prone yeah, yeah. to that, uh, and yet we are because because of our emotions, uh, and and they they appeal to our emotional needs and uh, our emotional reactions. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. cool. Would be nice. Yeah, and especially I. Uh, it's been a long time. For me, not having visited York, I want to yeah. be there. Yeah, York, York, York okay. is a lovely place, yeah. It is. But there is another beautiful city. It is uh, called Cologne, or Cologne. And they're going to hold a Skeptics in the Pub social event hosted on the Herberns. And uh, that's on the 23rd of August, which is a Tuesday. And... Uh, it's open for everyone. If you want to meet local skeptics, just go along. Or um, you can have a different kind of experience on the next day, on the 24th of August. Uh, that's a Wednesday. and But for that, you will have to travel to Finland and Turku in particular, where you will be able to watch a very interesting show. It's not... A skeptical show per se, but the person who's giving um, a concert, actually, um, that's a very well-known skeptic, well-known around the world, and we owe him a great deal because uh, it is thanks to him and Keisha J. Gray that we can have uh, these uh, musical separators and the intro music uh, that, that we use. But... Uh, what he will do there uh, in Finland is he'll give a concert with uh, the Aura String Quartet. And uh, that will definitely be a great experience for everyone attending the, the, the live concert. All his musical pieces, uh, his co songs about science, skepticism uh, and everything. It's, it's basically like uh, the question, the big question. Life, the universe and everything. Mm. But my question is, do you want to re mention his name? Oh. <laughs> That's George Rob. George. J.O. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also, he's not only a great musician and a very a very good uh, performer, um, a well-known skeptic, he's the host of the Geologic Podcast as well. Yes. And on the same day, High Wickham Skeptics in the Pub will feature Ketani. A name that pops up from time to time on our list of skeptical events. And this time it's going to be the same thing as usual. <laughs> uh, um, she's touring with her book Herding Hemingway's Cats. And on Thursday, the 25th, in Göteborg, Sweden, Gothenburg, you can listen to um, uh, Martin Lemke and he will talk about the world's best proof of God's existence. And interesting with that talk is that he is uh, he is a Catholic and a devout Christian, so he claims to have uh, uh, proof that uh, God actually exists. So he's invited by the Swedish skeptics to to try to make his point. Mm. 
Later that same day in Manchester, there's a social uh, skeptics in the pub. And in Winchester, there is a talk called uh, The God-Shaped Hole and the Philosophy of uh, Religion by by Kevin Precious. Um, and that sounds very intriguing as well. Okay, um, that seems to be it for the next week. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And dear listeners, if you feel like being left out by your event not having been mentioned, please help us with uh, letting us know what kind of event you are planning for for the coming weeks. And um, yeah, that would be very much appreciated. You can follow us on Twitter and you can find us by the handle at espodcast underscore EU. You can email us. Email address is info at theesp.eu. You can also complete a contact form on our website, and the website is theesp.eu. Or like us on Facebook. Or leave us a review on uh, on iTunes just uh, for the sake of it. Um, I don't. I know it doesn't have anything to do with the event, but uh, yeah, still, it would be very much appreciated. Thank you very much, and I do think. We should really move on to our interview, talking about a very important topic, namely vaccinations, with uh, someone we mentioned on uh, two consecutive shows, Fiona O'Leary. On every other episode, we interview a person representing an organization or project, either from a certain European country or stretching across borders. Today we have here with us Fiona O'Leary, founder of the international organization Autistic Rights Together, or ART. Lately, she's been heavily involved in the large-scale controversy around Andrew Wakefield's anti-vaccination movie, Vaxxed. She's been bullied by the makers of the movie for criticizing it on different forums. Fiona, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks, guys. Well, it's difficult to start uh, talking talking to you about this because uh, there are so many things um, involved and you've seen too much of of the ferocity of of these anti-vaxxers how are you connected to this whole issue uh, that is referred to as autism spectrum disorder Okay, um, well, first of all, I have two autistic children. I have five children all together, and my two boys, uh, Dylan and Vito, are on the autistic spectrum. I also have Asperger's, so basically it's my life, and um, I suppose I've been, you know, an advocate for my sons ever since they were diagnosed, because there isn't a lot of support for parents. People may think there is, but there isn't, which is... um, is a very important element of this whole debate because what we are seeing, I suppose, are parents going on the internet a lot when they don't have those supports and they're looking for answers or they're looking for help for their children. And there are so many um, dangerous, unregulated and unproven products out there. And um, so basically, three years ago, we discovered that this was a very serious issue here in Ireland, where I'm living. And we, we learned about a product called MMS, Miracle Mineral Solution. Basically, it's chlorine dioxide bleach. We discovered it was being sold here in Ireland and being offered as a treatment or even a cure for autism. Um, obviously, we were horrified when we learned about this. And um, I got very involved in campaigning against this product, firstly here in Ireland, and then branching out across Europe and even into America, South Africa, 
nearly, you know, so many different countries, because what we found was that it was in at least 60 countries worldwide. We discovered Facebook groups online that were offering this product and uh, even selling this product. It was even being sold in Ireland um, by a dentist. So there was a dentist actually selling this in her practice. And um, we reported cases to the authorities here in Ireland and to the police here in Ireland. And there are criminal investigations running at the moment in Ireland into people that are using this product on their children and also into those that were selling this product. And they are ongoing at the moment. Um, we had websites shut down here in Ireland, people selling this product. So we had some success in that area. Um, and sadly, in other countries, we don't seem to have the same success. And even in some countries, we see complete ignorance of this issue, that they're basically, you know, they put warnings out about MMS saying not to use it, but there's nobody actually targeting, you know, the people selling the product. And um, so what we've been trying to do for nearly two and a half years now is to get a legislation passed where it would be a criminal offence, not to just sell this product as a cure for autism, but to promote it and to use it also. And that's what we're working on every day. In our work and in our campaign work, we have basically discovered other awful products as well. GCMAF, which is an unregulated live blood product being given to autistic children. Um, stem cell therapy, collation, um, lupron therapy. There's just so many different ones. And again, none of these are proven to be effective for autistic children. They're not regulated and they're very, very dangerous. And even more worryingly, what we have are professionals like doctors, nurses, dentists promoting and even offering these products. In Ireland, we had a doctor that was basically prescribing this bleach treatment to autistic children. So he's actually writing out a prescription. He lost his medical license last year here in Northern Ireland. So some, there has been some success, but it doesn't actually stop them from continuing. Even if they lose their license, they still continue on in a quack capacity, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And um, it's all about money as well at the end of the day. So we have these parents, like I said, that might not be getting the supports they need, okay? That will go online and think, oh, look, there's a miracle cure for my children. And they hand over thousands of pounds you know, to these quacks selling these products. And what we've discovered, I suppose, over the last uh, three years is that these unregulated products are literally married to the anti-vax movement. Parents are being told, that their children are vaccine injured, which leads us to Wakefield and this whole uh, debunked claim of vaccines causing autism. So they have that belief and they think they can recover their children. So basically, when my son was born in 1992, he's nearly 24, there was none of these products around. We had ignorance on autism, we had stigma, but we didn't have this industry that we see today. And the minute Wakefield came on the scene and told parents that there was this link between the MMR vaccine and autism, everything just exploded. So we had the development of all of these quack cures and um, starting out with very kind of benign things like homeopathy and special diets, but now we have bleach. And um, you know, so what I'm trying to say is that they literally can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. The anti-vax movement on regulated products, they're hand in hand and they're married to each other. And I suppose that's how I've ended up in this hell, which, which is like the most awful place to be because um, it's so big and it's so hard to, um, to, to stop it. You know, it's growing. And with this film, Facts, that has come you know, to the fore recently, it's made everything 10 times worse because it's, it's spreading all over the world. And... Um, but we're speaking out and we're standing up. And I think that's a very positive thing, is that we're not going to be silent on this issue, even if we're threatened, even if we're bullied.
You you mentioned the movie spreading all across the world. Yes. But even this seems to be about money because uh, there it's not freely available to anyone. Uh, you sent me over a link um, that you found on YouTube, and mm -hmm. a day later it was removed. Um, yeah. So they seem to be very protective uh, regarding regarding their their movie rights and uh, and everything. So. Um, it's still they they are spreading the fear, but um, they are charging people for it. Yeah, and I suppose um, like what we just discovered yesterday, there's a GoFundMe uh, page set up now, so it's not only that they're charging for the film, and they have merchandise, so they have T-shirts, they have caps, they have all sorts of things that you can buy. All of that goes straight into Andrew Wakefield's bank account. I know this for a fact because I actually rang up one of the people selling the merchandise and I asked them this question. Who profits from this merchandise? Do you get paid for selling it? Where's the money going? Straight into Andy's bank account. I'm quoting the person that told me this. So Mr. Wakefield wow. is just is just getting all the money. And I suppose it was brought to my attention this evening before I came on your show that Wakefield has a lot of property in America. And one of his properties, which I saw tonight, is estimated at $1.4 million. Okay, So here is a man who is very, very wealthy, um, asking ordinary people to pay for his film, asking people to buy his T-shirts, asking people to donate to his tour to try and fix this bus. So they're on a bus at the moment touring America that keeps breaking down. And um, their GoFundMe is around, I think, $3,000 since yesterday. And most of the people giving that money probably don't have any money to give. Right? Mm -hmm. They're probably doing that of the, you know, the kindness of their hearts. Um, they're vulnerable and they're brainwashed. You know, I feel sorry for them. But Mr. Wakefield's getting all the money. Does he need the money? No, he doesn't. Hmm. That's the bottom line, yeah. I'm curious about this bus that, that I heard about. What is the oh, yeah. what is <laughs> what is the purpose of the bus and what is he doing with it? Well, the bus basically is a huge RV and it's all painted in black. It looks like a bus from death. So it's like a very frightening thing. So if you're an autistic child and you see this bus coming along the road, it would scare the hell out of you, okay? What they're doing is they're touring America, trying to get um, politicians on board. They're trying to get the film aired in different cinemas. They have gatherings where they can do questions and answers. But what really is creepy about all of this is that They pull up outside people's homes randomly and they invade their houses. So yesterday they went into um, a home of an autistic child. She was actually a girl, nearly 22, so an adult basically. And they were talking about her in her kitchen like she was an animal. That was the only way to describe it. So I'd like to talk about not just the whole anti-vax um, movement and their crazy belief that vaccines cause autism, but how they exploit autistic people. Yeah. So this poor girl walked into her kitchen. The whole vax team are there in her space. Now, for someone on the spectrum, that would freak them out. It would freak me out if a load of strangers has walked into my home with camera crew looking at you. She went back to her room. She was smart. Do you know what they did? They went into her bedroom, into her personal space. She was in the dark on her bed and they climbed onto her bed and they shoved a camera in her face. Now, I watched this video while Polly Tommy, she's one of the key, yeah. key members of the Vax team, was like crawling onto the bed to this poor young woman and this man with a camera. Whilst her parents are describing her as a lost cause, how their lives are just well worth living. And Polly Tommy said, oh, you're just prisoners in your own home. So for an autistic adult to be listening to that rhetoric, how can that benefit them? 
and they're using autistic people and they're portraying autism in the most awful way. It's not the true narrative of autism. Yes, autistic people have challenges. I'm not saying that, okay? But most of the time, our lives are not like the way it is presented in their film facts. Mm -hmm. All they show are kids banging their head off walls, screaming, wailing. You know, most of the images are of children that aren't fully dressed, you know, which is a privacy issue. And I'd like to talk about that. These yeah. children aren't signing up for this, you know? These parents do not look at the rights of their children. Do they want to partake in this? I don't think so. And um, it's awful. It's really upsetting for me to watch, especially being on the spectrum and having children on the spectrum, how that must really frighten these children and these adults that are being literally, you know, exposed like, I don't know, performing seals to benefit their crazy campaign. One of those uh, parents is actually Tommy herself. So yes. uh, her, her son is depicted in the most terrible state he could be in. And it's absolutely humiliating what, what, what they do to him um, and how, they, how, how he's being treated on the movie. It's, it's just terrible. And it's, it's her son. Yeah. It's dehumanizing. And this is what it's about. It's about the fear. It's about terrifying people enough. And like they, they show that image of autism. So people are thinking, oh my God, is this autism? So we, we, we're delivering a false image to society. So if you're autistic and you're trying to, you know, live your life, trying to get a job, trying to finish education, you know, to have a life and you have that rhetoric being fueled out into society, that's really, really hard for us. I mean, if actually Del Bigtree, so the other guy that's involved in the film, mm -hmm. um, who's all, all of a sudden an expert on vaccines and autism, he's just a journalist, okay? He has mm -hmm. likened autistic people to dogs and chimps. So we've been compared to chimps. That's where we're going with this movement. That's what they think of us. And, um, you know, Polly Tommy herself is a real concern for me because she has a charity. She has a registered autism charity. So she's going out there telling parents that there are no safe vaccines, I'm quoting her, and also saying that paediatricians are dangerous and parents must stay away from them. You must go to your chiropractor, guys. He's the guy that will help you with all your health issues. You don't need a doctor anymore. And that's what Polly Tommy is saying. Um, her charity should be shut down. I know that in England, she has two branches, one in Texas and one in uh, London. And um, the one I spoke about where I rang about the merchandise was the London charity. And they told me in the phone call that they can't sell the Vax merchandise up front. It has to be done discreetly or it would affect their donations for obvious reasons because no charity would get away with saying that vaccines cause autism. They'd be shut down. Hmm. Hmm. It's absolutely shocking, and um, they're just dreadful people. That's all I can say. I mean, I've never witnessed so much um, corruption and um, exploitation in my life. And the, these videos that they're shooting when they go into people's, you know, into people's bedrooms, etc. Mm -hmm. What do they do with those? You see, you saw that already from yesterday. Is it published on Facebook, or what do they do? Yes, it's. Those videos are immediately, they're done by Periscope, so they're put out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on every possible um, social media site that they can think of. So those children are basically, you know, the whole world is looking at that. And I, one of these videos, I actually watched two in the last few days. Um, I watched one last night and it, I, I, I really couldn't, I had to turn it off. Um, I couldn't bear listening to it anymore because the mother was literally saying that... Um, her whole life was over, it's finished, and her son was getting milk from the fridge, crossing over and looking at these people like, what the hell are you doing in my house? And um, 
then they sign the bust. So what happens? They have this big bust and they give the, the, the families like a Sharpie pen and they put a number on the bus. Number one, vaccine injury. Number two, vaccine injury. I think they've got about 300 odd signatures. They're getting little kids to sign the bus. They're also getting siblings. So like if you've got a brother or sister that's on the spectrum, they're trying to get the younger children to come forward, wear the Vax t-shirt and say, oh, look at my brother, he's damaged. And they're telling very young children that vaccines are bad. So which is really, really frightening. They're using... Um, three and four-year-olds, even in the film, you saw that there was, I think, a child pushing a baby on the swing saying vaccines cause autism or something like that. Um, it's evil. It really, really is. And it's really creepy. Actually, Vaxxed is a very good horror film. Mm. That's all I can say. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I read, I read that on uh, one of the reviews as well, mm. that it's so more of a horror yeah. film than a documentary. And it's, it's mm. so true. Well, it's just that the bottom line is, is that children are going to die. Uh, because they're not getting vaccinated. You know, Andrew Wakefield, and I've asked him, I've written to him many times, I actually wrote again on his Facebook, I, I send him messages. What He doesn't talk about the deaths, you know, the deaths from measles, um, the fact that polio is back recently, we have, um, we see outbreaks there recently in the news. And um, in Ireland, so just to clarify, over the last few months here in Ireland, we've had 38 confirmed cases of measles. That's a lot for Ireland. And that is that wasn't heard of before so and even like talking to my own gp my doctor here in ireland who's really worried because where i live we have a very low take-up of mmr and um which really concerns me we need to have herd immunity even if you have your children vaccinated which i do if you don't get above the threshold we're all at risk and that's the bottom line here so we need to have everybody signing up to protect other people the children that can't get vaccinations because maybe they have a compromised immune system, little babies that can't get their vaccines because they're too young, these are the ones that are most likely to be affected or die. And um, so if you choose not to vaccinate your children, you're actually you know, harming other people. I don't think they realize that the anti-vaxxers when they make these crazy choices. But the, the irony is, is that they have no problem giving them bleach. They say vaccines are bad. Yeah. But, but let's give our kid a... Bleach, you know, mm. we'll shove bleach up their bum. It's nuts. But I, I want to know because even recently I heard uh, Andrew Wakefield say it's it's just the the triple vaccine that he's against. The the single vaccines he's all for. Is that not true? If if no, you, you're saying he's all against all vaccines. Or what what is his story? The Vax team. That's so the team is basically Wakefield, Tommy, and and Big Tree. So they're the three main people. Um, I have seen countless statements, videos, where they say there are no safe vaccines. And actually, Wakefield himself was interviewed recently. I can get the link for you. And, um, and he said if he had a child now, he would not vaccinate that child. Mm. Not talking about MMR. They're actually reaching out to the military as well. I don't know if you've seen that in their videos. They're actually trying to um, talk to soldiers, telling them not to get their you know, routine vaccines that they need for going to other countries. So it's not just about the MMR. Okay. It's about vaccines in general. And the fact to stay away from your doctor, that's absolutely crazy. I mean, if these children get ill, who are they going to need? Mm. They're going to need their doctor. These, these quacks aren't going to save them if they get polio. No. Well, um, there is um, a bit of a dissonance um, between what he says in front of the camera and what he sends across as a message with the film. Because he says, on the, on the movie, he says at least twice into the camera that it's only the MMR triple vaccine that he's talking about. All the others are safe. But two minutes later, 
there is a line of people uh, coming with a, with with one-liners, and what what they say is, "Hear this well: vaccines can and do cause autism." Yep. So. Yep. There is, yeah, there is <laughs> some kind of disconnect. They didn't think that one out through very well. I thought actually it was like, I think they were chanting it. It was like, vaccines cause autism. I, I think there was like squares with people's faces saying it. And uh, yeah, vaccines, that means vaccines in general. So yeah, yeah. he's a walking yeah. contradiction. He's a bit like the Bible really, isn't he? I mean, he says one thing. And then, <laughs> That's you know, a good analogy. Yeah. Well, it is. And, um, you know, the thing is with Mr. Wakefield is that he can't answer questions, you know, when he's asked them, he gets angry. And I suppose the whole anti-vaccine movement, when they're challenged with facts and science, their immediate response to attack you and to say you're a farmer shill or a farmer whore, which is what I've been called a lot lately, um, because they don't know what to say, because they have nothing to back it up. And that's the reality here. And... Um, I just think, you know, the freedom of speech issue needs to be looked at more. These children are being endangered. And that's the bottom line here. Children are going to die because of this rhetoric. And, um, you know, I don't think Wakefield, um, I think he should have been prosecuted, actually. I feel very strongly on this issue because um, losing his license didn't mean anything to him. He's probably made more money out of this movement than he, than he would have been a doctor. Hmm. Do, you, do you think there could be a direct link made between the rise of, uh, of vaccine-preventable diseases and his activities? Yes. I, I mean, I mean, I really do. do you think it could be, evidence could be provided that it, 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 there is a direct link? I think lately, I mean, like even with the statistics here in Ireland, you know, that we have mm -hmm. 38 cases over the summer. That, that was unheard of before. We, we wouldn't have had that. And I think even since the film, has aired, I think it went out in April of this year, um, I think it's caused the damage already. I really, really do. I mean, we our Irish radio interview, there was a mother actually came on, a midwife, really, really scary. So we have a, you know, a professional saying she doesn't want to vaccinate her children. I have seen parents go to this film and they would have been pregnant or with very small babies, maybe six weeks old, saying, no, we're not going to vaccinate our baby now. So yeah, I think that this film has actually even caused damage in its short, you know, running. And um, the fact that it's out there in the internet now is really worrying. I know they can keep taking the links down, but, you know, it will get out there eventually. And it is at ne it's on Netflix now as well. So, yeah, it's a very serious issue. And I think the government needs to do something. I think they really need to look at this issue as a, as a, a health concern, not just in relation to autism, but for, for, the, for mankind in general, because um, they need to control these people. They're out of control. They're reckless and they're dangerous. Do you know what is the extent of the um, uh, mandatory vaccination in Ireland at the moment? Um, is, it, is it easy to opt out and just not get Yes, to, yeah, yeah, there's nothing There's nothing, There's nothing. here to stop you. Like even talking to my GP, mm. he said it's a real worry because he's even seen professionals. I mean, I want to make that clear. It's not just people that aren't educated making these choices. Some of them are. And, we, and it's actually like, you know, middle class people. It's not people that are poor and are not being able, you know, that don't have information. Um, so there is no um, pressure on parents here in Ireland to, you know, they can opt out if they want. And, you know, so even going back to school now for my children or for a child that maybe has a health issue, it's really, really scary. And even in Ireland, um, when my son started school, he's 12 now, there was a measles outbreak. And I spoke to one mother and she was talking about the measles parties. So they bring, they bring their children to measles parties to get, get them sick. Mm. So this is happening in Ireland. And... Um, 
How dangerous is that? So they're trying to infect their children with the, with this disease. Even yeah. measles, because I've I've heard of chickenpox uh, yeah, parties, too, yeah. but uh, wow, it's crazy. It really but that's is. that's a much more serious disease than chickenpox. It I mean. is, and uh, it, no chickenpox. There was a I think there was a recent uh, news report about a baby being very sick from chickenpox. It depends on the individual. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, uh, but measles is yeah a very serious. It can cause blindness, and um, even in Ireland, um, I spoke to a mom who chose not to vaccinate her daughter. This is eight years ago because of Wakefield, because of his claims. And her daughter got very ill and ended up in hospital and, um, you know, nearly, nearly died. And there was a little baby admitted to the hospital with measles at the same time that sadly died. So, yeah, this is not like catching a cold. No. But they make light of these, they make light of these diseases like they're just common childhood illnesses. They're not. And um, Yeah, like polio used to be, yeah? Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is like there was um there was a great article actually in the Huffington Post today about a, a woman that had polio. She's in her sixties now. I'd recommend that you read it. And um, you know what she suffered as a as a child, and um, she's lucky to be alive. It's we we don't want those diseases coming back. That's that's the bottom line. We don't need them. Mm-hmm. And um, I just find it absolutely reckless with Wakefield because he is a doctor. You know, and I can't believe that he's... Con- I, don't, I don't understand. At least he used to be. He used to be, and um, <laughs> I don't know how he can still be in this game. He's, he's a conspiracy theorist now. That's what's happened to him. He's joined that conspiracy train. And, um, and he's tr- I, I just think he's, it's wicked what he's doing. I just want him to stop. I, I really, really do. Because he's causing huge harm to autistic people as well. Um, He's really causing stress and psychological damage to the autistic community when we're depicted this way. Um, it really, really hurts. And I don't think they care about that at all. Uh, Fiona, we, we've talked about um, you being a target of this um, criticism and, um, uh, well, bullying, uh, essentially, um, after the movie Wax got, got released. Um, do you know... Why, um, why you? Why did they choose you particularly? Because there have been many other ba- bad reviews of the movie and bad criticism. And even today, be- preparing for the interview, I've, I've been browsing the web and I found some articles on The Guardian, um, you know, some, some other websites where people uh, who have medical qualifications really discredited the movie and yet they picked you as a target to, you know, essentially bully. I think we, we have a petition. So we, we created a petition about five weeks ago and we have um, petitioned the Attorney General in Texas because we feel that they need to address this on a serious level. So that petition is still running. And um, then I also think it's because of um, my campaign work regarding the unregulated products because we've exposed a lot of people in the past that have been affiliated to Andrew Wakefield. One of them was Dr. Bradstreet. I don't know if you heard of this doctor. Um, he was basically prescribing many unregulated products to autistic children and um, he committed suicide last year. He was raided by the FDA for um, offering this product GCMAF. It's an unregulated law product. And um, so we have been very vocal on that issue, and I myself, especially with Dr. Bradstreet, and I've learned that Bradstreet and Wakefield are actually colleagues. And um, so I think a lot of it is to do with that factor that we've been kind of exposing um, 
quacks and charlatans that are peddling these dangerous products that made this kind of attention be brought to me. I, I wonder the same. Um, there's so many great writers out there that are, you know, criticizing this film, um, you know, have been very great in the science community and they're supporting me really, really well. And I thank all of those people. Um, I think because I'm on the spectrum, I think maybe they thought that they would shut me up. I think they have a very low opinion of autistic people um, that maybe they think we're stupid. So I think that's one element. Um, the fact that I'm a woman, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they thought they could shut me up. And a mother, maybe they think if we frighten her enough, she will go away. Um, but actually, it had um, a complete opposite effect because um, I'm actually used to being bullied. They did, they're not aware of that. I've had a lot of harassment over the last few years from... The campaign work that we do. So um, I didn't even respond to the, the letter that I got um, because firstly it wasn't written by a lawyer. Secondly it was written by some man that I don't know from Cinema Libre and um, he then went out to make a statement on Jezebel saying that they were going to prosecute me which just made me laugh and um, the, the irony here is is let them sue me because I would love to get into a court of law with these people mm -hmm. because they would because they would lose and um, mm. you know I'll happily happily take that on uh, Mr Wakefield if you want to do that you know knock yourself out go for it yeah because you haven't got a leg you haven't got a leg to stand on and he knows that he just thought that he could bully um, an autistic woman a mother and a campaigner and um, it's just absolutely rotten but it, it just I think it backfired on them actually dreadfully yeah. they know that yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty miscalculated move. But even so, if they would sue you, wouldn't it cost you a lot of money just to dis defend yourself, even if they would lose in the end? It would. And, um, you know, I have I have spoken to a lawyer here in Ireland about that, and even in America. So I've had... I've, I'm not completely, you know... Not unversed on that. I'm prepared if something like that does happen. And um, yeah, it would, it would be very hard for me. And I don't have any money. So the, the bottom line is, even if they want to sue me, there's nothing to give. They can't take anything. You know, Mr. Wakefield has his properties that are worth millions. I don't have anything. I rent a house here in Ireland with my family. Um, everything I do is voluntary. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It would. I'd have to think about that, I suppose. But I don't think he will. I don't think he can. Because I've done nothing wrong. Yeah, but it's, it's a very important point you made about uh, why you might have been chosen to to be attacked. Um, yeah, because I, it popped into my mind when uh, when I was reading David Gortsky's uh, review of the movie that starting an out um, an, an outright attack against science based medicine um, yeah. that would require much more than than just trying to bully people. I mean they don't have a, a leg, leg to stand on um in in when it when it comes to um actually going into scientific debates over this issue so they they went for the cheap solution yeah <laughs> and that's bullying basically well they are bullies but i mean that's what wakefield is best known for i mean yeah. he doesn't like any he doesn't like anyone talking about him he seems to get very upset and I, I, he actually wrote a blog recently i was reading it today so he has a little um i didn't know that i actually commented on his blog and of course my comment wasn't even shared so he doesn't allow anyone from the other side to come forward and say hey you know look at this you know it, it's like it's just really sad and i suppose i i just think it's a very sad situation for him because at the end of the mm. day um the majority of people see how awful this is and um, mm. 
Their movement is growing. I mean, I am worried about that. I, I think that the majority of people know that he's, you know, what he's saying is absolute nonsense and that it is something that has been debunked over and over. There's so many studies to, to disprove him, you know. I have a question that bugs me ever since uh-huh. uh, that thing happened at the Tribeca Film Festival where where the movie was, was eventually not aired. Um, so... To what extent do you think we, the community of skeptics and scientists and and activists uh, from different different other fields, are responsible for the interest that that surrounds the movie? And I mean, by attacking them um, and and forcing the the movie to be left out of the Tribeca Film Festival's. Uh, uh, list of of uh, films um i'm not sure that we did the right thing there i mean you, you mean I, you're i don't know yeah. i don't know i don't know if it comes across what i want to say say with right. that but you're afraid it would backfire yes that we actually gave it the publicity that it might not have gotten without this if you know what i mean yeah it's a good point and i suppose like that's said to me all the time, like, the more you talk about this, the more publicity they get. But um, what do we do? Do we just not say anything? I mean, yeah. the, pro- the problem is it's like a double-edged sword, really. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, anti-vaxxers will send a message to me and they'll say, oh, thanks for that, you've just given us more attention. And, yeah, you're probably right. But at the same time, we, ha- we have to speak out. We, we really can't just um, not say anything. And um, I think the Rebecca thing... We, we wrote to Rebecca. We were very, I was reading them actually. I rang them several times as well. For, and I, I really think that Robert De Niro coming out after that really caused grave harm. So, I mean, first of all, it was, you know, removed. And then Mr. De Niro, one yeah. of my favorite actors, came out and went, We've made a mistake. We need to see the film. I think that's really yeah. when it got the attention. So, I'm, I'm angry with, with Robert De Niro for that greatly. And, um, so I think what the problem we have is um, we've got Donald Trump, Robert De Niro, Jim Carrey, a lot of uh, Hollywood film stars promoting this insanity, um, which is giving them platform. And a lot of them have money. So there's a kind of a very wealthy community involved in this movement where we, the autistic community, have nothing. And, and you guys, you know, we're working in a voluntary capacity. So we don't have people kind of making yeah. our movement stronger. So they're kind of winning in that way. And... Um, so it's very important that we speak out, even if it does have that risk of giving them more attention. We have to talk about this because it's such a serious issue. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. It's just uh, something that regularly comes up in arguments, uh, whether to do something or not to do something. But I do believe, but I, I have to admit that it's only a belief that <laughs> I genuinely believe that that we need to do it. Yeah, I mean, my mum will say to me, don't be talking about it because you're giving him more attention. But like, it does work in the end. I mean, after campaigning for this long and um, talking about this particular product, MMS, you know, and the Genesis 2 church and the cult behind it and all of that, it is it is working because what we're seeing our websites being shut down and um, drips and droughts. We're getting there slowly. It's taking forever. But um I really think that you have to talk about it at the end of the day because um, all these people will get away with, with, with criminal activity, which is what this is. And um, and children don't have a choice. I mean, if adults want to take these products, that's always been our important message here. They can do that, but these children aren't signing up to have bleach shoved into their bodies. And um, 
So we're, we're really kind of a voice for them, especially autistic children who have communication issues anyway. So the whole thing is 10 times worse. And, um, you know, what we've witnessed in, in these groups that are offering these products is horrific. And one point I want to make, actually, if I can, um, we discovered in the last um, few days, actually, that one of the key VAT spokespersons in New Zealand, I'm not naming her for legal issues because we were checking that out, she was giving this bleach product to her autistic son. So she's one of the, the key people in the VAX team telling parents not to vaccinate your children when she was giving bleach enemas to her own son. And I've made a video yesterday. It's gone out, and I think it's got nearly 1,000 views in the last 24 mm -hmm. hours. So... Um, what, do, what does Wakefield say about that, that one of his key representatives is actually involved in this bleach protocol? Um, these people are, are not sane. They're telling children, telling people not to vaccinate their children, but put this bleach product into their body. It's, it's barbaric and it's crazy. Do you think, how, how sincere do you think the anti-vax movement is? I mean, do you really think they they think there is a, a, a causal re relation between autism and vaccine. It's hard to speculate in what people think, really. But what what's your opinion? I, I I don't think they know what they're talking about. Most of them, and I'm not I'm not being rude. I really don't. I've I've been following the whole vaxed thing from the very beginning, from April till now, and um, a lot of these parents and they're being interviewed are just. None of the things they say make sense. And I know, like, when a child gets their MMR vaccine is usually the time when they get diagnosed. So there is this kind of connection. My child was, you know, okay, and then they had this vaccination and now they're autistic. But that is the time when most children are picked up and get diagnosed. And I suppose they just want to blame something. Most of these parents want to know why. Why did my child become autistic? That's, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And they will take, they will, they will take anything that can just give them that kind of confirmation. And they spend most of their lives looking into the why instead of actually enjoying their child. Even my own case, when my son was diagnosed in 1994, um, the negativity around his diagnosis, even from professionals, was awful. It was like, oh my goodness, you know, he's autistic. You better, you know, look ahead and it's going to be awful. And it was just so negative. And I did you know what I did. I just walked out of that, that office and I just said, he's my son. He's my little boy. And um, I always challenged them. And I always, you know, said, you know, he does things differently. It doesn't mean that he's uh, broken or disordered. Like, he's, he's amazing. And, um, and he's, he, you know, I just, I just was so happy to have him. He was healthy. He wasn't ill. And um, I think parents are missing out on their children. And the negativity that they're talking about in front of their children is just heartbreaking. Hearing parents say, oh, my child, our marriage failed. Um, you know, he's never going to go to college. They have this horrendous prediction for them. And these kids are hearing this. They're standing there next to their mother and father. I mean, it's really damaging them. And like, even with nonverbal autistic children, they can still understand and they feel, we feel we have feelings, you know, but this movement is portraying us as having nothing inside our bodies, almost like we're empty shells. And um, I really feel, I really think that these parents are vulnerable. I want to make that point. And many of them are being preyed upon by this movement. I mean, mm -hmm. they're going into their houses and um, it, it's just like they need to have these kind of vulnerable people and they're fueling them with misinformation. So I don't think they have a real understanding at all on this issue, no. The majority of them don't. There was one thing that really struck me, one expression um, in the movie, 
when they call their their children damaged uh-huh. it's it's yeah. and vaccine injured and vaccine damaged what what are you talking about and and um i do have the feeling that that it's it's really a huge problem of people as you um pointed out as well that they have no idea and we could not expect the viewer to know any better than that and this is why so so if i understood correctly what you are doing with art is you're standing up for the rights and for um, of of autistic people and you try to advocate for a better understanding of yes of what's going on and going up against bogus claims and 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 these bogus treatment um so that's a very huge amount of work, as I understand it, and and it's it it must be absolutely exhausting. But among the four of us here, you are absolutely an expert on on autism. So when you whenever you start making it understandable for someone, where do you start? How should we understand autism, and what is it really? Well, first of all, the most important thing is language. And the language we use, because words are weapons, and I always say that, you know, so how we talk about autism is incredibly important. Because, like you said, the viewer that's watching that film or listening to a story is getting that perception. And they walk away with that imagery in their head of what autism is. Um, Autism is being called a disease by these people. And um, autism is not a disease. It is a condition. It's a neurological condition and um, proven mostly to be of a genetic origin. Um, I studied autism in university here in Cork. Um, I graduated two years ago. And we can trace autism back to the late 18th century. So autism has probably always existed. But, you know, people were not diagnosed back in those days. So many autistic people would have ended up in institutions, misdiagnosed many times. And... um, And even adults like myself, so I was diagnosed um, at the age of 42, I'm nearly 45. So we're seeing a lot of adults now getting diagnosis when they wouldn't have been able to when they were children because there was such a poor understanding and we didn't have the expertise that we do now. And um, so basically this increase in numbers that VATS, you know, scream about, oh, it's rising, it's one and this and it's one and that, um, is really down to better understanding, better diagnostics and just a better general knowledge of autism. Um, mm-hmm. There is no correlation um, between vaccines and autism. And um, even today I was looking at this study, this Danish study, uh, where f- over 500,000 children, so it was a very large study, um, you know, again, proving that there's no link between vaccines and autism. And... Um, um, so what we do, I suppose, is educate people. Um, I'm on the spectrum, and so I, I'm, I'm autistic. I'm also a parent, so I'm both that. And I suppose what I'm trying to do with parents, especially of newly diagnosed children, is to try and um, warn them, firstly, about these awful products that are out there, and to try and um, bring a message of um, not just awareness about autism, but acceptance also. Because... Even if your child does have many challenges, which my son had when he was younger, so he had um, you know, issues with his speech and we had to get occupational therapy for him, um, the most important thing that you can do for your child is love them for who they are, okay? And give them that feeling of that you accept them for who they are. If you're standing there saying, oh, look at this, it's awful, oh, he's broken, oh, yeah, look, it must be the vaccine, or it's this, that, or the other. What you're doing, actually, is um, damaging them psychologically. So what we see with a lot of adults on the spectrum, and I'm engaging with adults 
a lot of the time on the spectrum. They've developed um, mental health issues on top of their diagnosis, okay? So they have post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, self-harming, a lot of uh, things that they maybe would not have got if they'd had better acceptance for who they were. So that's what art is really about, is trying to encourage autistic people to have a voice and a platform, because most autism charities, nearly all of them, are actually really for parental support. It isn't about the autistic person. So we are trying to deliver a platform for parents as well. We welcome everybody. We welcome neurotypical people, anybody that believes in equality, anyone that believes in neurodiversity and acceptance in society, and equal rights, really, at the end. In your experience, is it even really, even uh, uh, a relief to get the diagnosis for your children because for your child because then then you you know as a parent something is wrong and then you get the diagnosis is that a relief yeah i mean for look i knew with my so with my eldest son he's nearly 24 like i said my sister had had a baby three months prior and even at that very early age i knew that that my son was different and um it wasn't that I was going into that seeking the diagnosis in a in a frightened way um I didn't think of it that way, maybe because I'm on the spectrum myself, I don't know. But I never looked at it as being a wrong thing, more as a difference. The biggest disability for autistic people living in society is the hurdles that are thrown at us from society, not having supports in school, in the workplace, and having this kind of negativity and vaxxed and movements like that, are, which are literally, you know, waging a war against the autistic community. I mean, they call us an epidemic. Uh, they compare us with the Holocaust. That is a, a current theme with facts all throughout their tour, that autistic people are like the Holocaust. So when we're dealing with this horrendous um, dehumanizing rhetoric all the time, that is the real disability for us. We just want to live our lives like everybody else. We want the same opportunities. We're not getting them because people are, are not getting the right information. Uh, am I right in thinking that that's where the walking red activity comes in? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about yes, that? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, well, well, every year, Autism Speaks are probably the biggest autism charity. Um, autistic people don't like Autism Speaks because they refer to autism as a disease. Um, we've been likened to leprosy, awful stuff. Um, so they light it up blue every April. So on the 2nd of April is Autism Awareness Day worldwide. So what many autistic people do and the first time in Ireland we did it this year and there were some great people. We had an event here in, in uh, Cork in Ireland and a friend of mine, Evelyn Welton actually, I just want to mention her name, she managed to get a venue. So we walked in red here in Cork um, to basically uh, focus on autism acceptance, not just over awareness. Awareness is important, I'm not saying that, but we need to talk about acceptance for autistic people feeling like they belong in the community. And um, so we did that and it was an amazing day. We had red balloons and we walked across a bridge and my husband wrote a song and um, so we played, we, we write and sing as well. And um, we're trying to create that message worldwide that um, it's not just about frightening people with blue flashing lights, as awareness is a blue color. We want to welcome, you know, all colors and on the spectrum because it is a spectrum and not for people to be afraid of us. We're not going to bite you, you know, and, um, mm. you know, awareness, acceptance is paramount. Is, is our message the, the more we talk about this um the less i can stop myself thinking about the similarities with the with the gay rights movement yeah yeah very very good yeah yeah it's, it's pretty 
pretty similar in a way of what the struggles they, they face in society. Yeah, in society and that, that it, it's not a disease. It's being looked upon as one. and But but still, it's a condition. It's something that you have, you, you live with and you're a bit different than the, than, than most of the people. But that, that's that's about it so wow yeah um never thought of of autism like that but now i just can't help it <laughs> well we look you can't you can't you can't cure autism that's the bottom line all of these people claiming you know that they can cure autism with these quack cures are lying to parents and i want parents to listen to that message from me today and from art is that there are parents out there right now okay using these unregulated products you know being told mm -hmm. they can cure their children It's total nonsense. You can't cure autism. And all you're doing is harming your child. You're frightening your child. You're going to end up giving them some horrendous health, mental health issue on top of everything else. So, I mean, stop. Just stop doing this to your child. Go to your doctor. Take proper, proper medical advice. There are very good supports for autistic children out there, which are mostly occupational therapy, speech and language, play therapy. There's you know, lots of educational programs that can help and benefit autistic children. That's what you need to do. Stay mm -hmm. away from the quacks because they're very dangerous and they're just going to fleece you for thousands of pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's 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 one side of the, of of the the problem. The other side is uh, with Andrew Wakefield and uh, the the quacks of his kind. Well, I blame him. For, I, I I blame Mr. Wakefield, and I want to say that again um, because, like I said, this biomedical quack cure industry is fueled by the anti-vaccine movement yeah. by Mr. Wakefield. So he's like the petrol driving that bus, okay? Without him, this wouldn't be here. So yeah, he's really, I, I really don't know how he sleeps at night, really. I, I mean, I'm asking that, how do you sleep at night, Mr. Wakefield? How do you go to bed with all of that on your conscience? Or does he even have one anymore? Like, I have many autistic people talk to me today, which is really good. Um, we're seeing a lot more autistic adults come out and rise up against this issue. And, um, you know, maybe a few years ago, they wouldn't have been as vocal. So that's a good thing, I think, is that we're all saying we've had enough. And we need to, you know, it's really become like a war, in a way. And um, we're not taking this crap anymore. Hmm. And they can, they can threaten us and they can bully us, but we're not going to stop. And they're just, they're just going to have to learn to live with us. Good. Where can people um, follow your work and read more about Art uh, Foundation? Yeah, well, we have a website, autisticrightstogether.ie, and um, my phone number is on that, and our email and everything. And then I'm on Facebook, Art, you're also on Facebook, and they can contact me on Twitter as well. Um, so we're, we're Twitter, Facebook, and our website. Anyone can contact me, any questions. And we really encourage uh, parents, actually, to reach out to us to get... To get sound advice and just to, you know, not be afraid to talk about your kids, you know, and um, please just to stay away from these products and to vaccinate your children. For goodness sake, please vaccinate your children. Uh, vaccines save lives. That's a very important message today. I have, um, you know, woken up to measles in my hometown today. That really scares me. And even though autism cannot be cured, those uh, diseases can be prevented with vaccines. That's for sure. Yeah, and um, they're, they're, and you can cure ignorance as well. That's the other thing. So we, we're trying to we're yeah. trying to just um, educate society, and um, we all want to work together on this. And I think it's very good to be connected to you guys as well, because we're all on the same page and. Um, Science and facts and evidence, that's what we, we need to look at, not this uh, misinformation and 
quackery that's being fueled through the internet, which is really frightening. Yeah, science and um, evidence and going forward with that, I think yeah. we could not be finishing this interview uh, with, with a better note than that. So, Fiona O'Leary, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Um, and we're going to be following um, your organization uh, work and uh, the, the, this vaxxed case, um, how it develops. And uh, we're going to try and do our share of fighting this fight. That's great. And uh, looking forward to hearing from you soon. Yeah. But for now, I think um, this wraps up our show. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Fiona. Thank, thank you so you. much, guys. Uh, yeah, and thank you so much for the great work you do. Thanks a million, guys. Talk soon. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, that was a really um, great interview. Um, I'd say it's very eye-opening in many ways. Um, it is. For people who don't know what autism is or haven't dealt with autistic people or people who, who are on autistic spectrum um it's very it's a great exposure yeah for, it is for, yeah for it me is. it's it's quite like you know the the the, the lbtq movement in in a way because I, i'm guess we're all in a, on a spectrum right i think we yeah. all have a little bit of yeah. autism in our in us just like we have a little bit of any kind of you know sexual preference and we're exactly. all humans and it's all part of the part of the human condition yeah and uh it, it shows a lot about how how when you have to face a problem and you have to live with something that you cannot get rid of just like that i mean a condition like that is um is something that you want to blame someone for mm. yeah and or something and and you want to make the connections and and yeah we are pattern seeking animals mm. and and we see that pattern so i do understand the way of thinking of of some people trying to make that connection between autism and vaccination mm. but it just doesn't it, it's just not not a sound argument it's mm. because it it doesn't hold water it's Oh, terrible. Mm. But the interview, I I loved every moment of it. Mm. It was very good. Like, yeah, it was good listening to her ranting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, um, I'm but, sure we will have a reason to, to come back to this uh, many times in the future. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And uh, we will... We will try and uh, do some research as well about about the state of vaccination um, across Europe. And by the way, mentioning that, um, we would love to get some help from our listeners in that. Absolutely. So if if you have the information available, um, if you don't have it available in English, um, it would be very much appreciated if you could you could do some kind of um on an abstract of it in english that that would be very much appreciated so that we can use it for our uh comparison uh europe-wide comparisons all right um i think this is it for today yep absolutely so this has been great um thanks very much for joining us uh, joining me um yellow and pontus thank yeah, you it was it was great as always And our dear listeners, until next week, goodbye. Bye-bye.
I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, you are. But we—that's we, what we love about you. <laughs> Your terrible personality. <laughs> it's just as well as so you know. Right. I think uh, why we we get along pretty well is because we we all are terrible persons. Yeah, something like that. Mm.